everyone, and welcome back to the Mississippi Artist to Artist podcast, brought to you by the Little Yellow Building in Brookhaven, Mississippi. I'm your host, Derek Covington-Smith, and before we get to the interview, I'd like to tell you about some things that we've got going on. We currently have an open call out for our next exhibition that will be in April. The title of it is Body, and it's an exploration of figurative work by Mississippi artists. So feel free to check out the littleyellowbuilding.com under Calls for Art. All entries are free, and you can submit as many as you'd like. We also have an ongoing call for art for Southern Exposure. Southern Exposure is our program that features Mississippi artists from all over the state each week on our social media. And then we also have a section in the magazine that's dedicated to some of the art submitted from the Southern Exposure. So it's something that we can constantly keep new work circulating by Mississippi artists so everybody can see and enjoy it. Coming up March 22nd is the launch of the TLYB Art Mag, and that's our visual arts magazine for Mississippi. I'm super excited about it. This has been a lot of fun to work on. Our cover artist is Ellen Langford. Not only will the magazine feature Mississippi artists, but it will also have layouts of where to find art in Mississippi, whether it's art organization, open studios, galleries. You can go on and get yourself listed and it's meant to hopefully be a guide to exploring contemporary art in our state. Some other exciting news. Thanks to our membership program, Friends of the Little Yellow Building, we're going to be able to have a hundred of our first edition magazines printed and you know everybody who's signing up online is going to be able to get the free digital edition of the magazine directly to your inbox but these are physical collectible copies and i'm so excited about it not only did it fund the printing of the magazines but also we're now able to have our episodes transcribed for the hearing impaired and that is opening up another level of inclusion that is exciting to be able to to provide and thanks to our members for for believing in us and and helping fund what we're doing here we have also launched the msa to a hotline where you can call in and leave messages for artists who are coming up you can leave messages of encouragement for anyone listening you can promote yourself you can promote events coming up we just want to hear from you so call in leave us a message and then check back at the end of the episodes to hear yours played back all right i think that's enough for now on to the interview Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again. This week, we're joined with Vicki Wood of Vicki Wood Art. Vicki, thank you for so much for joining us and, and sharing all of this about you. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate the invitation. Well, why don't we start out? Why don't you tell us a little bit about growing up and your history with art? Um, well, growing up, um, I didn't get a ton of support with the art. So really, I did not get started until very late. Um, and my dad was a chemical engineer. So we actually moved around a lot. Um, he ran chemical plants. So, you know, with him being an engineer, I was expected to do math and science, <laughs> which is opposite of, of what I 
that, you know, I was so young and I didn't know, but I'm not one of those people that started out drawing and art, you know, I'm just, I'm just not one of those people. Um, and then I think that maybe the chronologically, the best way to then go through it as an adult, um, when I went to college, I went to LSU in Baton Rouge. We were living there at the time. And, um, I did get a degree. I got a BFA, um, which really didn't make anybody real happy. <laughs> you know, parents just want to know you're going to make a living, you know, they want the best for you. They want the best. And it, it can be such a struggle in the arts. So, but I did get a BFA. I went, but it was not a painting or drawing, which probably would have been a better choice. It was advertising design. That was the curriculum that they labeled it. And it really wasn't, there wasn't a lot there. Um, But also I wasn't old enough to learn. (laughs) I wasn't in the mood to learn anything. So I was just there to enjoy myself, which is what I did. But then after that, I worked a few years. I had a really good job in New Orleans. I went to New Orleans and I worked for McDermott Incorporated and in advertising. What I did was put together their public relations pieces. And um, I did that for about a year and wasn't really thrilled. New Orleans is a little bit bigger than I like. Um, I moved back to Baton Rouge, worked there, and I actually lived not too far from LSU at the time, and I decided to go to law school. So I went to law school and then just practiced law for many, many, many years. Um, I moved from Baton Rouge up here to where I am now, North Mississippi, and didn't really start painting until my son was in high school. When he got his driver's license and he was out, then I would wake up and I couldn't sleep because I was waiting on him. I started um, just messing around with some watercolors so that I would be awake when he came in and know that he was home safe. But and I went, then I went to work when he went to college. I went to work in Memphis for a very large law firm um, because he went to Colorado and I needed more money than I could make here. So I went to Memphis and lived. I kept my place here. And I lived up there probably about two years and he graduated and I moved back down here and the library system here needed a director. And so they asked me if I would, would come and, you know, do that. So I took a look at that. And at the time, in order to be a director, you had to have a master's degree in information library science. So I earned that from University of Southern Mississippi. I actually got a um, scholarship for that because I had so much education already. I, I wasn't real interested in paying for more. So I got, a, I did get a scholarship. I went to night school. So I ran the libraries during the day and I went to night school. And not until I retired really from that did I start painting. and. It's just been kind of a way, you know, you retire and, and I've worked on my life since high school. So it's been, you know, you, you can't retire and do nothing. <laughs> so I did retire early and I picked it up as a way to supplement income. I'm, you know, I help my parents too. They're here. And so that's kind of what I've 
how I've evolved. So I've been painting probably full time, maybe, maybe three years, maybe two and a half, because I did. So after I retired, I helped with another library system in Pinala County. And I did some work for the immigration courts, um, transcribing some of the court proceedings. So I, I did that for a little while before I started painting basically full time. Um, and I've been a member on Daily Paintworks for many, many years. And so I was part of trying at that point after I retired, I was saying, well, I'll paint something small daily. And that that really did help. At this point, I do go to I do what I do for online classes and to, to keep growing as an artist. I do some online work, but I don't like the last one I just took was for oil painting and I'm acrylic painter what i do is is kind of different i do it online and i kind of play it at double speed or speed and a half and i run through it i don't want to paint like them i want to learn what they're doing sometimes if i like their color or their composition or their values they use i'll run through it real quickly and then i might run through the spots that i like a second time and that way I have very little time invested in it. And I'm not learning how to paint like them. You know, if their colors are really, really good, I want to see their palette. And I want to know, you know, one of the simple things that I've learned most recently is I'll just stick with my messy palette forever. And it has really helped me to transfer my paints to another one and get a clean, fresh one every day instead of just mixing and remixing. And, you know, that's just so easy. So. That's the most important thing I think I've learned recently. So if you can take those, and they're usually fairly inexpensive, some of them. I don't take the live ones. I take the recorded ones. If you can pick up one or two tips, it really is helpful. So that that is, that's what I've been doing recently. And the recorded ones tend to be a little bit more cost effective because the artists are making a passive income off of it. So, you know, it's not a one time shot where they have to make all their money. They're they're planning on it being a little less and a little more people over time, you know, going in. So those are great resources. And what a great tip on how to experience it. Um, I, I do something very similar um, where I ignore the majority of what I'm watching and go in to find just the meat of what I'm searching for. And if it intrigues me enough, right, if I can see the merit in what I'm watching and learning, then I'll go back in and watch other or maybe watch the whole thing. But yeah, I, I, I can definitely see the benefit of doing that. And what an interesting life to have lived and then now be able to go into a passion, you know, or something that you really love to do. Um, Paulette Dove, I had her on as a guest and she had mentioned that her retirement was just a whole new life. It is. And I'm so fortunate. I, I live in the country um, now. You know, I, I don't. the population is a couple thousand, I think, at this point. So, you know, anything I do at this point, I have to travel, which is fine. Because when I lived in Memphis, it's going to take you 30 minutes to get wherever you're going anyway. So in 30, 40 minutes, I can be in Batesville and then Oxford and Grenada. So and then Memphis is not that far. It's it, it it's fortunate for me because I've been able to have the animals that I want. I've had horses. 
dogs. <laughs> dogs are, are always a, an influx around here because so many people drop off animals. And so I always have a new dog, a new cat. <laughs> so I'm always getting spayed and neutered and all that fun stuff. And then, and then I had a, a relationship with the Oxford Lafayette Humane Society. And they would always have an art auction every year. And I donated to that um, for many, many years. They've changed the way they, they run it now. So, so we had a good um, reciprocity because I would get all these animals because we don't have animal control here. And I would, I would catch them. A lot of them I kept, but, you know, there's a limit. And then I would catch them. I have an old truck, and I would load them up, and, and, and Oxford was gracious to take them from me. So I had a spot, a resource that would help me. And then I always donated a painting, which the people that supported that organization were very, very generous and would always buy my work. And I donated 100%. It's like, you know, I always donate 100%. If I'm going to donate, I'm going to donate. <laughs> and, but they did me such a good service in, in the community here, such a big service by taking these animals. And it was always cats. And I rescued two horses once and I That was too emotional. Let's do it too big. I was like, I'm not doing that again. So I stuck to cats and dogs. <laughs> so I'm kind of the dog lady. So when I ran the library too, and I was always up at the library, people would come in and they would be like, well, did you see this dog? And he's on a chain and no, 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 you know. So I was like the animal person for a while around here. And, and still do get some calls, um, but I no longer have a resource where I can, I can do anything to help. So that's well, kind of how that ran. That's why you see so many paintings with animals and, and also generally the landscapes um, are from right around here. They're usually all very, very local. I was just going to mention that uh, a big, strong theme in your artwork going, you know, if you get to go back, go on to um, I'll, I'll include links in the show notes and um, also in our post. But uh, it's it's too long to to list off right now. Um, but go to Vicky's website and the art is all laid out in chronological order and you can scroll back through it. And there's a very strong theme of horses and animals and dogs. And you can tell that it's a big part of your life. Yeah. And, and, and I did have somebody once tell me, she said, I can always tell when they're your horses. She said, I can always tell when you paint a painting and they're your horses because you have such a connection, but it has in the landscapes or some that are more are newer for me and they have been a struggle I did I have not transitioned into painting landscapes very easily you, you know most people I think I don't know that because I am new to it are all painters that paint landscapes and there is something in oil or I don't know what it is I recently tried water solubles which are which people misunderstand that as well people misunderstand acrylics people misunderstand water solubles water solubles once the content dries it becomes just like any other oil painting it is you can clean it up with water but once that evaporates it becomes just like any other oil paint and i bought a whole set you know being optimistic but i had i had an allergic reaction so um I did. I did have to return those. Unfortunately, I found them. And I was going to talk a minute about acrylic versus oil. 
And, you know, I have actually had, had people say to me, acrylics are so much easier. And as somebody who's used both, because I started out with the oils and once I, it, it was about, it was a little while before I developed, you know, about this huge air purifier. It's like, it's the paint. I'm not going to be able to use it. So I had to make the switch. But I had somebody say to me that, oh, acrylics are so much easier. Well, you know, my thought was, well, number one, I can tell <laughs> that you've never tried them because after recently trying the water soluble oils, they are so much more forgiving. You know, if you're an acrylic painter, then they handle so much differently from oils. And you cannot, you better paint pretty fast too, because if you mix a color, which I mix so much, if you mix a color, you're not going to be able to go back into that little area you mix for very long because it's going to dry. And once it dries, it's dry. And then when you put it on your surface, it's going to dry. You're not going to be able to go back in and rework it. You have to paint over it. So I would venture to say that it's a little more difficult. And I do love to clean up. It's so easy to clean up. So, but you know, I do, I, I did think that maybe I could possibly use the water solubles and that that just wasn't going to be an option for me. So I'm back to the acrylics. And so that's what I do. So if anybody has any questions on how acrylics handle or any, you know, they're welcome to contact me. And I'll be, I, I try to, when people ask me things on social media, I always try to give a very detailed explanation so that maybe I can help them and, and, and give them some shortcuts that, so they don't have to go through the struggles. Well, absolutely. Pay it forward. We're all a community. And the more information that we can put out there and help each other, the better the community gets as a whole. Why would you not? <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for doing that and offering that because a lot of people don't. Um, I've been in a lot of situations and in, in areas in the, the states where it's, you know, your secrets are your secrets. And that's how you are going to make your life. And it, it's a miserable existence, to be honest, because you're constantly trying to figure out new ways to hide from everybody what you're creating and how you create it. No, share. And if they can do what you do, then congratulate them. But most yeah. likely, what they do. And it can be a strong, you know, it's not easy. And painting is a really big challenge. And it is a daily challenge. And it can't, you know, some days, you know, I've done so much. And I did some, and particularly in Baton Rouge, a lot of courtroom work, trial work. Very stressful. So, I've, and at the end of the day, sometimes I finish painting and I'm like, I'm so mentally fatigued. <laughs> it's like, wow. You know, so the focus is so intense that you do, you get mentally fatigued, I think, from it. So it's great because I can go outside and walk around, wander around, and, you know, go to the back and get my dogs and that kind of thing. So I can get a break pretty quickly. But sometimes it's surprising how wearing it can be. And, and social media, it, that adds to some of the stress. I do a lot of experimenting. So I don't post everything I do because I find that I don't want the feedback. I don't, I don't, people can think whatever they want to think, <laughs> but I don't want to hear it because I don't want to, I don't want it to influence 
what I'm wanting to do. And it will shift my focus sometimes. So like the I was going to take like the last a week off and just experiment and just play. And I ended up doing like three weeks. <laughs> so it, I've been kind of experimenting lately. And I find that, that when you do, when I do that and I just shut it down and don't be influenced by anybody or anything and paint what I want to paint, it, bad, good, it, that I recognize it as it's a time to explore. And so that surprisingly has really helped my landscapes. I, I had put just apply, I had put just some canvas on the wall and some scrap pieces because art supplies are expensive. And I would just come in every morning and do something just really fun. I did some stick figure dogs. And it's like, people would laugh at this. <laughs> people would think this is a joke. So I put, um, I said, well, you know what? It doesn't really matter now, does it? Because I can do anything I want to do. So I did. They were actually fairly popular. <laughs> and it's been like, wow, they like my stick figures. So, but then... Those were with oil pastels. And so that, of course, I had, I couldn't use for very much. I had to shut, put them in an uh, airtight container. But I found pigment sticks. So they have different binders and they dry. So I'm, I'm next thing I'm going to try is pigment sticks. So we'll see. We'll see how it works. But I do think that experimenting and being authentic go hand in hand and that they're very important to have your work stay you and have it be unique and just kind of not be concerned about what other people say about it. It could be bad, you know, but if, if it's okay with you to be bad, then that's, you know, you're going to learn whatever you do, you're going to learn something. Let's talk about the visual aesthetic of your work really quick, because you go in and you're a very painterly painter. It's lots of brush strokes and you have big color mapping um, on your figures and on your flower. You do these beautiful flowers. Also, we haven't even mentioned those. But again, going back to your website and scrolling down, it looks like around 2015 to 2016, you started really coming into developing a style that you you almost I can see it now still in your work of these simplified shapes that build complex objects, simplified shapes that build a, a whole still life or a, a, um, a dog or a horse or, you know, this, these really beautiful takes on the subject matter. What kind of shifts you into that direction? Do you think? Ooh, it, uh, first of all, thank you. Um, I tend to like abstract. I find abstract work. I, I am not here to copy. I am not here to go outside and copy what I see. <laughs> I probably the biggest influence is color. Color is the biggest influence. I don't use, I use fairly inexpensive brushes, probably one inch, even on smaller works. I have expensive brushes, but I tend tend to like the cheaper ones, you know, who knows, who knows, but I, I don't really, so your question is, how do I get into some of those forms? Is, is that, or how did it develop? Did, when, when did you start going in that direction and deciding that this was something that you wanted to focus on and that you were inspired by? I don't 
don't know that it was, it was not a conscious decision. Um, years ago, I'm going to say my biggest influence probably was years ago. I took a just really, really fun class on the internet, which those are great. I mean, those are probably the best. And I will say it was Lynn Weppel's big bloom course. And she, she used some, um, it was just inexpensive materials, a house paint. She used some house paint. She did big wire. And, and nobody, it was all great. It was just all very positive and very fun. And I, I don't know if that's still available. Probably. She's not available, I don't think, on it. But, um, and that, that tended to be some shape finding. That tended to influence fine, paint it, paint it. Don't worry about the color. It's house paint. And look at the shapes and find your shapes. And, and it was, tended to be more abstract. And that probably was the biggest influence. I don't really do that anymore like that. But I, I'm not going to say I won't because it was so much fun. And, and, you know, she turned the painting all around and that kind of thing to look at it from different areas. So I don't know. I think I just focus on... A, you know, I have grown from looking at just the object to the entire surface and the design of the surface and the shapes on the surface. So that I do do that. Uh, and I think I just evolved. You spend enough time doing this stuff, and particularly if you can get in a few minutes every day. You're going to develop your own style and it's, it's little by little, I think. So I don't, I don't, it wasn't a conscious decision. I like, I like, I like design, not necessarily composition because that's tough. I like to make sure that the whole page is designed and I like color and I like line quality. So those are the things that probably influence me the most. Do you think that that the your love of design inside of your artwork uh, comes from your background in advertising and design? I think I liked it prior to that. I like interior design, and I, I struggle more with the design of the page. I find that much more difficult. So I've always liked design, and I did take some architecture courses in college. They were tough, and I've always loved color. And the thing about color is, so I don't, my family, I kind of come from a creative family. I'm like the only painter, but, um, but we tend to create. And, and I will say too, that painting, the creativity is more about what I like than the painting. I, I like to create at the end of the day, you know, I would love if I had time to, to not sculpt, but um, pottery and, do things with my hands. I love to do things with my hands. So it's more of an, the creative outlet that I see than painting. So it could be most anything, you know, stringing beads and, and you know, because you can people do beautiful works and the fiber arts just gorgeous. I've ended up painting because I have those closets what I have. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, but is there anything that's coming up? Um, people can find you at, on Instagram at Vicki Wood Art. But do you have any other places that they can find or experience your artwork? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. My website is VickiWood.com. I'm on Facebook. 
I post a lot on my personal page. I have an art page too, but for some reason, the connectivity, I think where I live for my business page is so slow that I can't post on that business page as quickly as I can post on my personal page. And let's see. So that's just under Vicki Wood. And, um, I'm on Daily Paintwork. So if you go to my website, it'll lead you to my space on Daily Paintworks, um, which will give you kind of like a history of all the work that I've done. It'll give you old work as well. The website sorry, go ahead. you're referring to the whole time is um, your Daily Paintworks site. I apologize because I, I did. I, I found your Daily Paintworks site first, and that's what I focused on. Um, it really does. It gives you a beautiful history of your artwork. Yeah, it, it does. And one one really nice thing about that, that that is real. I've been on there for years. And do you know, they never gone up in price. It's $13 a month. Um, and, you know, when you go to do your taxes and everything, you can run a report. They do all of that for you. They keep you. They keep all of that data for you. So it makes it it makes life easier. You can pay with credit card or whatever on there. So it's a nice platform. My website, it, you can just hit hit the button that says shop now and it'll it'll go down to um it'll go down to my daily paintwork page. So that that ends up being very, very easy. You can also see my work. I'm I'm very proud to be represented by Brown's Fine Art Gallery in the Fondren District in Jackson. And then at the end of the year, December, um, I will be having my first solo show, um, which is very exciting for me. A little, a, a little intimidating, I must say, in Tupelo at the Gum Tree Tupelo Art Museum. So um, I will be posting some information on that. And so if you're in the Fondren area, please drop by and talk to those folks or take a look. Some of my pieces are on their website. Um, they had a few pieces up and uh, well, they had like 10 pieces. And I think that we have two left. So um, I'll be trying to resupply them as well as get a collection together for the Gumtree um, exhibit. That's exciting. How are you, um, how are you handling getting ready for this exhibit? Cause I know I, I well in advance, I start to go a little nuts. <laughs> it's, it's intimidating. It's very intimidating. And I don't really know. I do. I have, what I've done is, I've started to, put, I've got one painting set aside. That's a huge, they've just renovated that space. And so it's gorgeous. It's a huge building. I asked how many paintings they needed and they sent me a floor plan. And it's like, whoo. So I've got to go over there with, you know, with the knee surgery. I haven't been able to do a whole lot. So I've got to drive over there and take a look. I, I know it's going to call for big pieces, so I am going, I'm trying to transition. The last two pieces I've done were 11 by 14. Um, I just placed an order for some larger works. And I don't really know because I struggle to find good frames. Um, I bought myself a miter saw. So I did some framing myself. I, so I'm not real sure. Um, my plan is to put away several paintings a month. I know I'm going to have to be ready in November, probably to get them there and hung for December. Um, I know they're going to have to be big pieces, which I have not been painting a lot of big pieces. It's so easy to ship smaller pieces. So 
I don't really have a plan. <laughs> I mean, except for to make sure I don't get caught in a bind. So I know that, that getting these pieces ready will impact my income for the year because they won't be available for sale until later. So that's a struggle. You know, that's a balancing act there. So it's, it's going to be interesting. And I'm going to be in touch with them pretty soon to get whatever tips they might have, as well as, so I need to do that as well as keep the gallery supplied mm-hmm. with some work. So it's a lot of work to produce. That's a lot. That's actually a lot of pressure. You've got a busy year ahead of you. Uh, any tips you have would be appreciated <laughs> or anybody else. <laughs> yeah, please. Well, you know, we, we run here at the little yellow building, we run shows. Um, but w- I don't consider myself a gallery. You know, we're a very small space. A lot of the things that we do are virtual. The physical shows that we have are in a separate facility provided by the Mississippi school for the arts or somebody else that wants to work with us. But yeah, I start with the idea of the show a year in advance. And then, you know, slowly but surely, I keep circling it back around to that idea, filling in more gaps, finding more artists, you know, just slowly building it. But over time, that way, I kind of make sure that I have my thumb not only on what the artists are creating and how the show is developing, but how I feel the world at the time is going to experience it. Because we change month to month on how our public opinion sways one way or another. And I want to make sure that we're putting out things that are relevant. So it is it's a lot of pressure to 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 provide things that are going to be interesting for the time to provide enough for space, enough for interest. You know, there's there's so much that goes into it. So, yeah, anybody that has suggestions, reach out to Vicky or reach out to myself. I'll take I'll take advice all day long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's such a large space. That's why I'm going to the larger format, which is much more. I find much more difficult. The larger format for me is more difficult. I think the largest brush I have right now is probably a little bit bigger than a one inch. I just ordered some that are. So my thought is, well, I guess I'll just use a larger brush, which I know that's probably too simple to make all that work. But it's like to get the brush strokes and the things that I like to cover a larger space, I'm probably just going to have to go do a much bigger brush. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It'll be fun. I'm excited to be challenged by the larger format, which I'm not sure I would have made that move. They're hard to shift. They're hard to deal with. They're hard to, you know, find space to put them. Um, your supplies become exponentially more expensive. So not, I don't know that I would have made the shift without the invitation. but. Um, we're going to give it a try. So the, the last question I want to ask you before I let you go is what would be some advice or that you would give to yourself or anybody coming up behind you? Some <clears throat> practical advice, if you're interested in color um, that I recently learned is to mix the paint. Probably everybody knows this, but me, <laughs> But I was mixing my paint as I went with my brush. Now I mix my paint with a palette knife. Made a huge difference. I get a whole lot less mud. So it's made a huge difference in my work. That's kind of recent. Um, And be creative. Um, 
don't try to paint like other people. You know, extract what you want from what you like. Um, maybe get off social media for a while so that you don't have those constant influences. Um, and just stay true to yourself. You want your art to look like you, or I want my art to look like me. I want somebody to walk into a room and say, I recognize that as your work. So, you know, for better or worse, I would rather have somebody recognize a bad piece of mine than to be painting like somebody else. I don't attend a lot of workshops in person because I don't want to carry that because it can be too heavily influential on me. Um, I mean, you can do, you can go to workshop. I'm not saying don't go to them, but know what you're there for. You know, know that you don't want to go home painting like those people. You want to go home and take what you've learned and apply it to the way you want to paint. And, and, and so I think that if you try to continue to be creative in your own work, then you will automatically and naturally kind of weed out the influence of others and, and try to remain doing what you like to do. I, I, that's kind of all, <laughs> all I have. I want to say if you're an acrylic painter, um, stick with it. Um, it, it, it's a really, it's a really good uh, medium. I'm not sure I would be there if I, you know, if I didn't have to be, I will say that, but I, I'm glad I'm there. You know, at this point, I'm glad I'm there. Um, so all paint, all just handles so differently. So, you know, um, and, and, uh, and I will say to you, take a minute to experiment, just take some time. You know, if you haven't used charcoal, use charcoal for a minute. Um, if you haven't used paper, use paper for a minute. Um, I do find that the surfaces that I paint on make a big difference. So I do try, I do, I do a lot. I, my favorite is actually paper. That's my favorite. So I do change that a lot. I do a lot of changing. <laughs> you work on a special paper too. You have, I know, I noticed that you had notes on it when you uh, can go and purchase your work, that this is how you need to treat this paper. Um, it's very light, fast, keep it out of the, keep, uh, keep it out away from sunlight. Yeah. I, well, probably I'll find art needs to be kept away from sunlight, even no matter what it is, uh, or be under some UV protective glass. It's just that when you're selling to such a broad audience, like that's global, some people are not going to know that. Um, so I do, I paint on a lot on Fabriano watercolor paper, a heavy stock. Um, and that's actually my favorite. A lot of times too, what I'll do, um, is I will take the back before I paint on it, before I start painting, I will take, and if it's a huge piece, I will take the back of it. I buy some expensive, inexpensive gesso. It's kind of thin. And I'll paint the whole back of that piece of paper. And it gives me a surface. So I'm not going to paint on that gesso surface. I'm going to turn over and paint on the watercolor surface because it's so it'll act, but it makes that a really, really, really nice sheet of paper to handle. It doesn't handle then like paper. It handles more like, Oh, I don't know. It handles a little bit more like a canvas. It's a little different. And also that keeps me from having to stretch it. I don't like to stretch paper. <laughs> I'm not going to spend the time. Um, so I just put a light coat of gesso, thin gesso on it. And when I turn it over, the surface is just so beautiful. 
and it makes it so it doesn't ever rip or tear and you can roll it easily and ship it. Um, so it has a lot of good qualities. Um, and I also, I prefer, oddly enough, I like a rough texture, but more, more than a rough texture, I like a really smooth texture. So, you know, all that comes into play on what you like to do. Um, and you have to be willing to go out and experiment and try it to know if you like it or not. Well, Vicki, thank you so much for taking the time and are, are giving us this time, filling it with information about your life, wonderful examples of advice. It's always so nice to hear from someone who's so passionate about what they're doing at the moment. And it, it's obvious that you're passionate about the physical aspects of your work and how you get involved with it. And I really, really appreciate you sharing that with us today. Sure. Sure. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time and thank you for what you're doing. For everyone else, we will be back again with another artist, another history. Join us back. Y'all have a great one. Thank you. Special thanks to our members, Jenny Howard, Buffy Jordan, Jenny Moak, Evelyn Peavy, the Evans family, Janet Smith, Beth Breland, Mary Hardy, Gwen Fury, Mary Adams, Jennifer Drinkwater, and the Smith family.